All right, three, two, one. We are live. Welcome to the Hive. I believe this is episode thirty-one. So I have a guest today. I've got Jay. Jay, what's your last name again? Russo. And introduce your company real fast. Uh, I'm the chef owner of Fit Food New Jersey. We are uh, a meal prep service. We cook, uh, package, deliver, clean, ready to eat, and eat meals. Chef prepared uh, all over Ocean, Monmouth, Middlesex County here in Jersey. Yeah, we got hooked up because we have mutual friends at Thrive. Um, good dudes. Yeah, good dudes. They're always connecting the right people together. And uh, Carl Roberson is now working with you guys for his food. Yeah, Carl got his first delivery uh, last night. That's great. We've always we've bounced around from place to place, and yeah, we found your spot, and we found that you had the the most flavorful food for the nutrition that we found so far, which was important because, you know, someone like Carl, where he has to watch his weight all the time, if he's just eating bland food consistently, he loses the, the motivation yeah, <laughs> to stay the course. They, they fall off, they go, they, they, they cheat a little more than they should. Yeah. I always say one of our biggest things is we try to strike a balance between making food that's fun, that's flavorful, without compromising the integrity of clean eating still. There's no reason why clean food can't be good tasting food. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I always tell people, uh, we get emails, we get calls, we get people that reach out to us asking about what's in our food. Well, do we use excessive this? Do we use this? Any fake, you know, whatever. I always say it starts with the ingredients. We know a lot of our farmers, we know where a lot of our food comes from, and if food is fresh and food is local and food, food is grown with uh, that integrity and that love, it's it makes it easier for us chefs. Food's going to be flavorful. The, the, the ingredients are going to shine themselves. Yeah. I'm, I like good food, always have. Uh, my wife and I, we kind of search it out. Uh, we we love in France because France is the one country that from farm to table, it's the shortest distance mm -hmm. for high-quality food. And it sounds like you've got a very clear path from farm to table for what you do. Yeah, and it's tricky because farm to table is um, – a lot of things are thrown around as buzzwords. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, like I've told you previously, we don't pretend to be something we're not. We're not 100% organic. We're not totally farm to table because to execute that at such a large scale, it's it's kind of tough. But, but you, it just sounds like that you know your pipeline of where your food's coming from and how it's going to get to you very clearly, which is important because it's you know if you're just using random ingredients, it doesn't. The quality is not going to be there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, as as we've grown, we've been synced up. Uh, with different farmers, different uh, food co-ops that have then introduced us to their farmers. And uh, it's been kind of a cool process. Again, like I previously told you, I thought my team in the kitchen works hard, and we do. Uh, when we have toured some of these farms in the spring, in the summer, in the fall, and you see the amount of labor. It's a labor of love. It's a definition Absolutely. of labor of love to see what these guys do and how they're growing things with uh, they're mindful of the soil and they're mindful of the crops and uh, it's, it's it's really cool and it makes us feel better about what we're putting out there um, because we know where our food is coming from. It's funny how little thought the majority of us put into where our food comes from. You go to the store, you buy it, you eat it, that's it. And you don't realize the massive pipeline of people and ideas and science and history and everything involved in getting you that, that food. Yeah, and a lot of times... I don't think people are thinking about where their food comes from because it, it's it should be traceable. You should be able to look at a meal and 
in, in your mind at least have an idea of how this got in front of you in the process and and a lot of things today we eat are science projects you know it's yeah and a lot of people are not educated to food nor do they care it's it's mm-hmm. just a it's a utility they, yes. they need to eat and i understand that yeah but i don't care what it is you do the more informed you are the better choices you can make and that speaks a lot to the problems that we run into mm-hmm. in our society in particular right now when it comes to eating. A lot of people don't really understand what they're putting into their body. I, I Just from me with the strength and conditioning, I run these six-week groups where I get people that are really out of shape. And what's common knowledge to me is just so far removed from what a lot of people walk in. They literally don't know why they're heavy. Mm-hmm. And they fall for the bro science where, you know, oh, if I just drop my carbs. But they don't really understand calories. They don't understand the source of their food. They don't understand sodium and sugar and fat and carbs and protein and all these things. And it blows my mind. What I like about your company is that you're one of the people that if you don't want to think about it, at least you can trust that somebody's thinking about it deeply for you. But at the same time, I feel that as a society, we definitely have to be more educated so that we're making real choices instead of just following leaders that may not be pulling us down the yeah, best path. I, I agree 100%. Um, the, de- the, the term ignorance is bliss comes yeah. to mind. And the less that you know, uh, you, you're just not setting yourself up to, to make good choices. And I'm sure you get it as much as I do. Yeah. We have people that reach out to us that uh, a friend or a coworker or a family member or they saw an, a headline on Facebook or yep. Instagram – telling them that they need to cut this or they can go on a wine diet or if they just <laughs> skip breakfast or they're, they're confused as they're tr- they're, they think they're doing intermittent fasting or they think they're following a keto diet yep. and they may or they may not. And sometimes um, maybe you'll see initial results because you're kind of paying attention to what you're eating regardless of what the, the plan is, whether you're going vegan or you're going ketogenic or you're going low carb or you're whatever it is, it, it might work a little bit in the beginning, but – if you don't know what you're doing and you're making it impossible on yourself and it's not sustainable, you're just not setting you, yourself up for long-term success. There you go. You hit the word that anyone who knows my approach is always long-term sustainable lifestyle. It doesn't matter what you're doing. That's why the fad stuff never works because it's not sustainable. You do it for a short amount of time. But it, it, it's funny. People are, oh, I love my workout. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. But you went from a sedentary situation to where now you're doing something. I don't care what you're doing. You could literally can do anything if you're sedentary and you're going to have a benefit from it. You're going to feel exactly. better. You're going to lose some weight, whatever. And it's the same thing with eating. If Okay, fine. If you cut your carbs down and you don't replace that with something else, well, you brought your calories down. Of course, you're losing weight. It's not that you drop carbs. It's that you drop calories. Yes. You know, But your health may not be increasing because the source of the food that you're eating is, could still be shit. Exactly. You know? it's, but that's the depth of understanding. So – when we talked before, one of the things I found interesting was that when you speak about your company, you speak very clearly about what the benefits of your company are. And you don't speak in terms of – we didn't have a conversation where like, those guys do this and I do that. It was just very straightforward of, no, this is what I do. This is why I do it. And this is how I do it. And that I think is just something that, that just is very important for whatever business that you have is that you're very clear – with what your company is, what the benefit for the community is, where your thought process is, so people can actually make a choice. I run into the same problem that you do, where there's a lot of competitors in your market right now where mm-hmm. you can go down the street right now and there's billboards all over the place for one in particular, and the name of the company 
the name of most of these companies alludes to the idea of like, oh, if I do meal prepping with, through them, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to be in shape, I'm going to be better, blah, blah, blah. But there's no why. Yes. There's a lot of what, not a lot of why. Mm -hmm. And again, it goes back to the less people know, it's they're going to go towards where the headlines push them. Mm -hmm. So when you have it, like in my business, I everybody thinks kickboxing, kickboxing. I even have professional fighters that think striking, ah, you just you hit the pads and you put your gloves on, you bang around a little bit, and you know. But wrestling and jiu-jitsu is what you really need. And yeah. then you have strikers that are like, ah, you know, you roll around a little bit, you defend this, defend that, you're good, your jiu-jitsu is fine. They don't understand that there's a quality to everything you do. There's a quality to your grappling. There's a quality to your striking that separates. So I have five other martial arts schools in my town. I know very clearly what separates me from them. And they speak a lot to headlines where I'll speak a little bit more to depth. But that's just what I do. And that's what I, why I get attracted to business owners like yourself and the guys at Thrive and even the guys at Bulldog and whatever. There's a depth to it, it to, to the why. It's not a lot of what, what, what. It's why. But again, the uneducated consumer is easily pulled down the wrong path because especially if you start thinking finances like yes. one one guy's going to be a couple bucks cheaper so they're going that way and they're only going because of the bucks and they're like ah he's going to do something similar but you don't know mm -hmm. you really have to you educate don't know what you don't know i'll give you one perfect example i've ordered from a lot of our competition mm -hmm. uh, not so much well you should yeah not not so much from the food standpoint because the food's the easiest part of what we do but i like to see how other companies operate etc mm -hmm. etc and I've probably four or five times ordered from different places, and uh, I always try pasta dish because I'm curious. And I, I, because I'm, you know, I'm a food junkie, I've been able to tell that I get these gluten-free pasta dishes. And most occasions, I've gotten corn pasta. Um, I, a couple times, I've gotten brown rice pasta, which we don't mind. And uh, but again, a couple times I've gotten corn pasta, which yeah, it's gluten free. Again, to the uneducated consumer, but you're corn's saying corn is so bad corn for you. Is, it's just it, it's garbage, but it's gluten free. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, well, it's a gluten free pasta dish. This is great for me. And not only that, I've had for most of the competition, their pasta dish has been loaded with pasta. It's been a gigantic <laughs> container full of pasta with a you know a moderate amount of protein, and usually some sauce. That's it. Whereas with us, we, we every meal, whether it's a pasta meal, whatever, breakfast meal, we try to make it balanced where you're going to get your lean protein, you're going to yep. get your complex carbs, and you're going to get your green leafy greens or vegetables. And uh, with us, we use – we do gluten-free pasta, uh, but we're not pushing the – you know, we're not throwing gluten-free in, uh, in everybody's face. But the pasta that we use, it's a company called Bonza. You can actually get uh, – they sell it in like little uh, consumer uh, retail boxes at ShopRite. It's made from chickpeas. And um, – to us, it's it's the gold standard of quote unquote gluten free pasta on the market. It's low glycemic, um, it's loaded with protein, it's great, and it's 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 good for you as opposed to this this cheap stuff that yeah it fits under the the the, the headline of, of gluten free. But what does that really mean? Yeah, the uh, calories are matching up and it's gluten free, yes. but the health standard. And e even having that pasta, we're not giving you a container full of pasta the same way you know Olive Garden gives you a gigantic bowl of pasta. We're giving you an appropriate portion of pasta like yeah. we would a potato or like we would quinoa or like we would anything else. And we're portioning it with that lean uh, protein and your green vegetables. It's a, it's a complete meal, not a container of starch with a little bit of protein and some sauce on it, and we're calling it clean. So that goes to people come in a lot and they want to talk to me about weight loss and I explain to them I'm like you can lose weight by just eating a certain amount of calories but your composition is going to be based on the source of those calories so you can lose weight 
by just putting yourself in a deficit. Exactly. And you can eat anything. You can eat a freaking candy bar a day and lose weight, but you're not going to be a healthy person from it. And that's why a lot of the times you see a lot of this meal prep stuff where the numbers match up, but the source of the food's not the best. So your overall health and your ability to maximize your energy output is not really there. And for athletes in particular, the source of food's really important because the amount of stress that they put their bodies through, you know, you, you don't want to be adding more stress by eating yes. shitty. You know what one of my favorite um, examples of it, it kind of speaks and it's like a testament to what we do is now I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all about physical fitness and, and leading an active lifestyle. But I've had customers that have reached out to me or myself or people on my team before that have basically described a situation where they go on a crash diet and they, mm-hmm. they lose that weight very quickly and they try something about it and they fall off the wagon and they gain the right, weight right back and they're on some sort of yo-yo diet. And we've had people that have come to us that are like, look, man, I don't go to the gym. I don't work out. I don't do any of this. But I've been eating your meals a couple times a week for about two months now, and I'm down like 10 or 12 pounds. Yes. And to me, that's perfect because, again, now don't get me wrong. I'm not – I'm still an advocate of that active lifestyle. I'm like, all right, well, good. Now, you know, keep it up. And maybe you want – you know. But it, it goes to show you that instead of losing at 10 or 12 pounds in two weeks, which is – probably pretty unhealthy for you it actually is horribly unhealthy and it actually ruins your metabolism to the point that your body can't process food properly yeah like look at the biggest loser people Mm -hmm. that do the biggest loser almost all of them put the weight back on and then some and a couple of them have serious health problems it's, it's, it's scary it's unhealthy but for somebody to say hey i made a small change and over the past eight or ten weeks i've dropped 10 or 12 pounds you know a pound a pound and a half a week that that to me that speaks volumes about what we do. But that's the science behind caloric deficit. If you're eating to an appropriate deficit with nutritionally dense food, you can lose a pound to a pound and a half a week in a healthy, sustainable way. And the thing too is, which is crazy, and you obviously know this, is that when you do clean up your diet and you get rid of the excessive amount of processed food that has so much sodium and sugar and all this garbage in it, when you get through that detox phase of it, your taste buds come back. Exactly. And healthy change. healthy food actually tastes better than the processed mm-hmm. shit. Like I, I, I'll never forget. It's it's the process of fight camp. Every athlete that has had to lose weight knows it. You clean up your diet for like six weeks. You drop all this weight and you fight. And then afterwards, it's pizza and McDonald's and garbage. But the first round, you're like, oh my god, I think I'm gonna throw up. It just tastes like crap. But you keep going because yeah. you haven't done it in so long. But your taste buds, like, normalized, mm-hmm. and then it kind of rejects the shit when you go back to it. And I'm, I'm always I'm stressing sure. with the guys, like, yeah. don't fall back into the hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm sure you've seen it more times than I have. But I've also heard and seen examples of that where, in somebody's mind, they're like, all right, as soon as this is over, as soon as camp's over, I, I, I make weight, yeah. I fight. I'm gonna have a whole pizza pie. I'm gonna have you know a big tub of ice cream. I deserve this. And they get two slices in, and they're just like, oh, oh god, yeah. You know, if I, I, I don't know if this is what I want. If I eat fast food, I get a headache yeah. immediately. Immediately, yeah. I like can't eat it. I get nauseous and get a headache. And I'm not like this mad super clean eater. I just can't eat yeah. really bad food. I eat. I mean, I cook most of my meals, which which is what helps me. And I mm-hmm. eat primarily like clean sources of protein and vegetables is, is like my main thing. I, I I have my sugary shitty shit that I mix yeah, in, but like the do. majority of my diet is yes. pretty clean. So I really can't handle high dense shit. I went out this weekend. My wife and I it was her birthday, so I took her to New York and we went to. It was for dinner on Saturday night. We went to Driftwood up in Seabright okay. and had like really 
amazing meal, but it was really rich, heavy mm-hmm. food. And then we went to the city the next day, and I went to Sea Grill, and we had one of the best meals I've ever had, but it was very rich, heavy food. And then we went to a play. By the end of the play, I was like shaky yeah. and felt like complete shit. Like, yeah. The food was amazing, but my body was like, what did you just do to me? You know what I related to? It's like when when me and my buddies first turned 21, we would go out <laughs> to the bars all the time and we'd booze and you had that tolerance. And you would oh, wake up boy. the next morning with a hangover and you would mm-hmm. just power right through it. But now you've got those days if I go out on an occasion, I have a couple too many drinks, the next day I pay for it. It's oh, the same God. thing with food. Yeah. I, growing up as a teenager, I used to just put anything, you know, Skittles and, and Big Macs in my body. And it wouldn't affect me. But now <laughs> – same thing. You know, my cheat meals, I like to still make sure they're real food. I go out. I'd rather, um, you know, as opposed to getting uh, fast food, I'll go out to a restaurant. I'll get, yeah. you know, and I, I don't care. I'll order whatever I want off the menu. But again, in a situation like that, you go out, you celebrate for a weekend. By like the end of your Sunday, you're just your body's just like whoa. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like you can't you you can't do it like you used to because your body is adapted and it's changed in a good way. Yeah, my wife and I looked at each other and we're like, that was a lot of fun, but holy shit, yeah. <laughs> we needed to sleep yeah. it off. It was it was really funny, but I know what you mean. You got to go on those binges every once in a while because good food's good food. Yeah. I had a homemade linguine with uh, parmesan truffles. It had this lemon oil and sage. It was one of the best things I think I've ever had sounds delicious. it was so yeah. worth the pain yeah, it, yeah it was amazing and you got to oh you know, my god you, you gotta enjoy to yourself a little bit but it's nice to yeah. get right back on that on that uh, wagon yeah i went back I, I think i drank a gallon of water yesterday to try to get yeah. my system to get all the shit out of me but it, it was good it's really funny like uh, as important as fuel is the the lack of depth and thought really continues to blow my mind. Yeah. Well, people people eat mindlessly yes. all the time. Yes. And they don't. Well, do they do everything mindlessly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm very critical about that. Yes. I have uh, a friend of mine. Uh, he's a lawyer, and he was, and I was helping him work on marketing for his business, and he has really bad Google reviews. Okay. And he's like, oh, nobody gives a shit about that. And I was like, are you are you serious? It's like. People are so influenced by these reviews online now. You can't think about that. And he goes to me, he goes, well, I feel like, you know, the people that are online doing that, it's kind of bullshit. And that, you know, I just feel like people in general, uh, they have a greater depth of their thought. And I, and I laughed and I said, have you ever gone food shopping? Yeah. And he was like, yeah. I was like, do you walk out of the food store feeling good about humanity? Because every time I go food shopping, I walk out of there going, what the fuck did I just witness? It's horrifying, <laughs> man. I, I'm not, I, I try not to be a judgmental dude, but oh this, that, that's a God. perfect example. I walk down the aisle, and, and you know what? It's even – sometimes I'm just like, like, like you. I'm like, what the fuck? But other times – I almost I almost get angry and a little sad because you'll see like a mother with her two daughters and you and you just look at what's in that cart and you're just setting these young kids that are seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years old and you you're just setting them up for failure. Yeah. And you're you're embedding these horrible habits in them and you're buying a bunch of science projects and, and, and you don't know what you're putting in your body. I get it. We again we all love to cheat, but if you're gonna have a cupcake, at least at the very least have a cupcake that's made from flour and butter and sugar and your body knows how to process it, but more times than not it's the 100 calorie packs of the sugar-free. Yeah. Uh, and you and you flip it over and you've got 37 ingredients that you can't pronounce and your body yep. can't process. Yeah, it's but terrible. Again, it's ignorance, really terrible. ignorance is bliss. It's sugar-free. It's low calorie. This is for me. This is this isn't that bad. The, That's what people think. So I have two sons. I have a 6-month-old and I have a 5-year-old and the, both of my boys were blessed with the horrible allergies that plagued me as a child. Okay. Um 
we have uh, my sons have issues with soy, um, nuts, no egg, no dairy. Like gluten's a bit of an issue. Okay. Like it's real serious. It's sensitive, yeah. If they if egg touches their skin, they break out in hives mm. immediately. Dairy makes their stomachs get terrible. They get bad gas. They throw up. It's it's awful. Uh, nuts will put them in the fucking hospital. Jeez. It's bad. Yeah, yeah. So they're very sensitive. But it's made me have to read. I mean, I have to look at every yeah. single label. If it doesn't have an egg that's been completely nuked, like mm-hmm. beyond, it it cannot yeah, be something. It, yeah. It's really funny. My 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 five year old, he can have a donut from Dunkin' Donuts, but he can't have a donut from Wegmans because Wegmans are fresh made that day. That's, that's ironic, but I, I understand why. But the yeah. yeah, the Dunkin' Donut ones is like nuked yeah, yeah. beyond belief. It's not really food anymore. You're mm-hmm. basically eating sugar yeah. on top of cardboard. It's terrible. But uh, I have to read and. It sucks because my kids don't have a lot of options that they can eat, mm-hmm. and it, like it's chicken, 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 and chicken. Yeah. Like it's a lot of chicken. Yeah, yeah. But uh, once I started reading and seeing how much shit is in food, in a lot of ways, I'm kind of glad they can't have ice cream, yeah. they can't eat chocolate, they can't eat a lot of the crap that I see. My son's friends, the amount of food these kids eat, it blows my mind. And the parents are like, ah, don't worry about it. And I understand. Like, look, I'm a beat-down parent too. I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. I have a six-month-old who doesn't sleep really well. Yeah. I have a five-year-old who's never slept really well. Yeah. So a lot of times you make the easy choice. Mm-hmm. But when I step back and I look at it, I'm like, what's the long-term ramifications of the short-term decision I'm making yeah. right now? Like, Am I setting my kid up for failure? Am I giving them – you know a better understanding like what is it and i have to evaluate it on the run i can't evaluate it every time because it's just life man yeah no you, you never it's tough a thousand but but i'm trying to be mindful yeah. of it but i just see so many people that they don't even know to be mindful of it no and and you know what it, it's not the um it's not apples to apples because you're speaking about your children here but there's one of those internet memes that comes to mind I, i've seen it a couple times and it goes along the lines of something like if, if you don't make time for your nutrition now you're going to need to make time for doctor's appointments later yeah and it's, I, and it's, it's so cliche, true but it's true a lot of cliches are true and that one hits the nail on the head and if you're just mindfully just grabbing whatever and throwing in your cart not not like you need to sit down at every single meal and, and have a conversation with yourself and be like well why am i eating this what i understand not everybody's going to do that but to have a little bit of mindfulness and and it, it goes it, a long it, yeah, way it goes a long way yeah. And a little bit and, and the eagerness to educate yourself. This like like you would anything that that's important to you. You would read up on it a little bit. And uh, I still understand that there's so much misinformation to to use a a hot um term. There's so much fake news out there about nutrition even. I call it the bro science. Yeah, no it is. It's bro science. And um so I I get that it's hard and that's kind of you know for the people that want to learn, you know, Myself, guys on my team, we'll talk till we're blue in the face yeah. about it. But then to others, we try to be that resource where, like you kind of alluded to earlier, if you're if you're fueling with fit food, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to – that takes some of the guesswork out of it because um, you're eating real food. You're yeah. eating, eating stuff that is uh, purposeful, that, you know, that's going to be good for you. Yeah. It, again, it's, it's giving yourself the opportunity to understand – I. I I had a lot of people come in for a six-week challenge group, and and again, the hard part I ran into was the lack of understanding. And so I was providing recipes. I was providing like shopping cart lists and all that stuff. And I'll be honest, I'm looking – I stopped the program because 
there was no thought involved. It was like, do it for me, mm-hmm. and it wasn't deep enough. So the person didn't have the skills when they were in a situation where they had to make a choice to make the right one. Mm-hmm. Meaning if you have to – like I would say to them, like, don't be afraid to eat if you have to go to a wedding. But at the same time, I'm like, well, if I don't exp- – if they don't understand, they should be afraid because yeah. they really don't know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. So it's really having a better understanding of the whole process of fueling yourself for the long term and understanding where you can kind of fall off but how you're going to recover, understanding – how calories and then ratios and sources and all that stuff work. So I had to really reevaluate because I didn't. I realized I'm like I'm not giving people the tools to be successful. I'm giving them an opportunity to basically follow my lead, and I mm-hmm. wasn't comfortable with that because I feel like it's more important to create individuals that are making choices that they understand instead of getting them results without the knowledge. Because that falls back to what we spoke about earlier in getting somebody ready for long-term success yeah and if absolutely. you just say do this do this do this and when six weeks is over you're all done and then they wake up and they're like all right well now what do i do and and, and they haven't at least started to develop new habits yep and and challenges like that i think can be great because it takes habits a couple weeks sometimes you know uh, several months well to you re- want to know the actual science yeah I, 66 days 66 days that okay, is yeah. 66 days of semi-consistent behavior creates a new pattern. Yeah. And it's not you don't have to be perfect. It's literally semi-consistent. Mm-hmm. So if you can kind of stop smoking for 66 days, you have a very good chance yeah. of stopping smoking forever. But it's 66. So I've talked about this a bunch of times before, but I'm going to go into it again. I don't give a fuck if you heard it before. Tough shit. Um, not speaking to you. I'm talking to my audience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's uh, – so – back in the 60s, a plastic surgeon wrote a book called Psycho-Cybernetics. It's a bullshit title that a plastic surgeon made up. It's Psycho-Cybernetics by Dr. Whatever. I can't remember the name right now. So people think because a doctor with a cool title of a book wrote this, Mm -hmm. that it's science. It's total bro science and it's bullshit, but the fitness industry has trained us to believe that this is it. So here's the process. Someone would come in. They wouldn't like what their face looked like. They would get a nose job. It would take six weeks for the healing process to happen. So they would come in and they would feel shitty about themselves. They would get their nose redone and then they would go in the process of healing. And as they're healing, their nose is starting to look different and they're seeing it. And this per- this doctor's going, well, they feel better about themselves. So he came up with this six week program okay. of where you could go from feeling bad to feeling good based on change. And he applied this idea to all body image issues. So if you're fat, Whatever. So if you were getting plastic surgery or doing a crash diet, because you were changing the exterior, Mm -hmm. it was giving you the motivation to feel better on the inside. There's no science to support any of this. But if you look, how many challenges are not six weeks? They're all six-week challenges. Mm -hmm. And they all go back to this bro science bullshit created by a doctor. The real deal is the 66 day situation, Mm -hmm. having it, putting a little bit more time into it in a structured way and not focusing on the exterior and focusing on the habits and the internal motivation. And that's why I say it's why not what. So we can all talk about what we do. Like how am I, like my business, your business, what separates us from anybody else is, is, is very specific but people are looking for the what's all the time. Mm-hmm. Lose weight, get in shape, eat clean, whatever. There's like the catchphrases that they're looking for. Those are the what's that yeah. we grab the attention with. 
but it's explaining the why that differentiates ourselves. Exactly. But the majority of people don't take the time to come up with a system of explaining the why or demonstrating the why to differentiate themselves in the marketplace and create career success. No, they'll, they'll write a workout program or they'll, they'll copy one, they'll print one off the internet and say, hey, this is what we're going to go it's, do. But it's it's truly explaining why we're on this workout program and what its benefits are yeah. going to be and why, why you're doing this but that person's doing this, why we're not all doing the same thing. Yeah. Things like that where you're establishing value and yeah. then – and it's individual value. Yes. It's not it's not generalized value that you're selling as an idea as a money grab, but actually providing value. Yeah. I mean, I have I have members here that have been with me for all twenty of my years, and it goes because for whatever reason, our relationship has stayed valuable for them. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason they're here. Like I it's not they're not being forced, they haven't been brainwashed. It's we figured out a way to provide value and that's the, the best way to run a business. Yeah. That's the best way to have a relationship, period. And that's why, again, when you go deep and you get into the why and you get into really understand and you give people the strength to make choices, I see so many people are afraid to allow people to make choices because they feel like one of their choices is going to be to leave them. Mm-hmm. Well, that means the strength of what you do is not really yeah. there. Like if you're very good at what you do and you're providing a service that these people want, as long as they need the service, they're going to continue to go with you if – you're working on that balance. Yeah, it's, it's funny what you just said because we did something a couple months ago with uh, one of our partners that we work with. We um, basically like came in and we did a, like a demonstration, almost a class of, of meal prepping. And somebody I knew was like, wait, well, isn't that kind of counterintuitive? Because you rely on people. Do, you're the one that does the meal prep for these people. And you know my mentality, my mantra is like I, I want people to set themselves uh, – it's not realistic to say I'm going to eat – Three, four times a day, seven days a week, and every single meal is going to be a fit food meal. I, I, I'd be a clown if I thought that that was the case. So if, if there's something I can do, if somebody could spend an hour with me and take a little something away out of it, and um, you know that that's a win for me. If I can if I can further their success, and then uh, you know, because again, one of one of my favorite things is we've had people that come to us and they're like, hey, look, I love to cook, but I don't want to cook every day. I want to be to be able to enjoy the one or two times I set aside for my week to cook, but the other four or five nights, if I got to just heat up one of your meals, so be it. And uh, But look at the depth of understanding that you're providing, though. So someone comes and they learn how to do what you do. Yeah. They appreciate what you do that much more. And if you're really good at what you do, you're going to do it at a level that they can't replicate anyway off a, off a seminar. Exactly. I mean, you've been doing this your life. Mm-hmm. They can't do that in an hour. Well, that's, that's something else I touched on privately to my friend. I was like, well, also, not for nothing, I'm giving them the tools, but they're also going to kind of see, shit, I don't think I want to do all this. Yeah. It's, it, it was you know, fun it, today. It, yeah, it's fun. You know, you go, you go to the store, and, and, and that's one thing I always push, too, is, again, I'm not, I'm not trying I, – I, I always – I'm fearful of coming off as a salesy guy, and I, I don't Me think too. that happens that because shit. people usually just say, hey, I, I can see the passion in what you do. But uh, I always push the convenience of what we of our product. Yeah, what we're selling is good, clean food, but it's also the convenience. It's going to the store and shopping for all those ingredients and having to read the labels like you do, which takes time, and then stand in line behind everybody else and then drive home and unpack and then prep yep. your food and then wash it and all this stuff. And then also, not not for nothing, if you were – I've had families do this too. You compare your food shopping bill, and I'm not talking diapers and paper towels and stuff. I'm talking you take your the food. food from your bill, and you take your fit food bill, and you're spending a couple extra bucks a week. It, it's yeah, it, I, it, Food's expensive. I've found that meal prepping tends to be like 
around four to five percent more than if you're yeah. buying the food yourself but the convenience of not having to cook it and unpack it and do all yeah. that stuff like you're talking about yeah you know it's really funny i gotta roll back to something um you said you don't want to come off as salesy and one of the funniest parts about that is i think every person that is authentic in their business and good at what they do we all have the same fear mm-hmm. because we recognize how many people out there are not good at what they do and they rely on the tactics mm-hmm. of sales and you don't want to fall into that. Well, well that's it exactly. Is is I see all the other bullshit out there yeah. and I know where my heart's at. I know what our product is and I just one of another thing that we hear a lot different gyms people have tried other meal preps and they're like, "Yeah, I've tried this one, I've tried this one. This one sucked. This one was inconsistent. It's just not really for me or this you know, this one I, I it really wasn't healthy." And it's like, "Hey, I understand you might have this like negative connotation for whatever reason yep. of our industry. Give us a chance. Let us change that for well, you. Well, it's I, I have people that come to me and are like, yeah, I'm never going to do martial arts again because the guy around the corner like uh, fucked me over on a contract yeah. 10 years ago. And I'm like, okay. So people that are really shitty at their business, I call yeah. them industry killers. There mm-hmm. are people that they literally are. ruin the idea of what I do for a large portion of the population because they got treated so poorly – and again, they don't have a depth of understanding that there's a difference, so they just generalize. Like mm-hmm. all meal preps the same, yes. all martial arts schools are the same. They're all dickheads, or they're all mm-hmm. stealing my food. They generalize that. They get that bad taste, and they'll never touch you. And then you got to break them down. In the modern world, it's 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 different. I mean, when I first opened up my business, the only, I mean, it was handing out flyers and a phone book ad. You yeah. know, like I opened up in '98. There was no robust internet. There was no social media. No none of that reviews. shit, man. None. None, yeah. none of that. Yeah. And we just relied a lot on word of mouth and you relied on a lot of paper that you can get out in front of people. But the cool part about today is that with so much social available, if you you get out of just sending out the pop hits of what you do and you start explaining your story and you do things like a podcast like this and you get people to understand who you are, why you do what you do, what it is that you do, how it will benefit them, it's just such a – such a – better time to be in business and i feel like now everybody gets exposed in time now Mm -hmm. because the internet knows everything if it's if it's not now it'll happen it'll happen so if you're a patient and you stay the course Mm -hmm. and you stay good at what you do and you continue to get the information out there you just you you have your shot well i might have even told you when we first spoke i may or may not have but i to this day i believe when i left my job as an executive chef i decided to do this for the first 12 months, I think the – I didn't know shit. I think the only reason – I knew how to cook good food and I knew how to care. Yeah. And those are the only two things that got me by. The, the product was good and I cared. I cared about the people yeah. I was cooking for. I treated – I fed – I feed them like they're my – like I would feed my family because they are my family at this point. And that – you know, I didn't have – I didn't come from a business background. Yeah. I really didn't have much of a plan. I just was passionate about something. And I didn't care anymore. I was like, you know, I, I want to take the leap. I, I, I want to get the plane in the air. We'll figure out the landing gear once we're in the air. And, and, and that was it. And that's like the modern miracle of the internet, basically. Because, again, 15, 20 years ago, passion mm-hmm. only got you so far because you could only demonstrate that to the circle that you were in. You know, unless you were on TV back then, like mm-hmm. you, like you, maybe if you were on Channel Four, yeah. like on a morning show, they invited you on, but you had to be a rock star yeah, to get that. You had no access to, get, there was no to, reach. to that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, your reach was physically your reach. Yeah, it was, that was it. and that was it. And now, though, you can share your passion in an authentic way, and I and I think that people 
are looking for that. And what I what I find is that I do believe. As I said before, I go food shopping and I look at people just the way they interact and I'm like, I don't feel feel so great about society. But at the same time, I look at the amount of information that people are consuming and I look at the amount of influence that information has on people and I feel like people really are looking for the answers. And I think that it's our job to just continue to figure out how do you thread the needle to get your information out there in an authentic way that kind of just, just gives them some breadcrumbs to follow a different trail. Yes. And that's... Like now there's just so much information. I think in time it'll all get sorted out a little mm -hmm. bit different. The internet's going to change at some point. Mm -hmm. What it is is not sustainable. Social media as it is is going to morph. Like there will be different ways of tribal behavior over For time. Sure, yeah. But it's just constantly staying progressive and, and, and aggressive in, in the process of, of pushing ahead. Because that authentic, beneficial, value-driven story is – that's in – 2019 and beyond that is the sales point i believe yeah and, and to piggyback on what you said i, I believe that too and sometimes like you said you, you see the people in the supermarket and you just shake your head and you're like man like we are society is just fucked but i i don't think it's because people don't give a shit i, I think there there's a large number of people out there that want to learn that it's just – it's too intimidating. It's like if yeah. I was to sit down and, and try it's to – It's easier to not learn. Yeah, or well, that too. And it's easier – and if if they could, like you said, kind of pick up some of those breadcrumbs. They don't – nobody not, – I don't want to say nobody, but not everybody needs to become an expert no. at a field. But if they could be provided with a resource they can trust and information that they can easily digest, they'll be a couple steps ahead of where they were and then – that and, and the good thing is it's like anything, man. When I when I started learning about these habits, you know, and, and, and what clean eating was and what true food was, and um, again, one of the things we do is we like to work a lot of with what's in season because that's how we used to have to eat. Yep. You know, it's great. I can go get an avocado at the supermarket because I love avocados, and we don't exclusively cook with what's in season, but we kind of try to get back to that because that's what it used to be whatever the wherever you Honestly, were that's what it's meant to be yeah that, that is whatever wherever you were and whatever the earth provided you at that time of year was what you ate yep and um anyway getting back to what i was talking about i think if people if if they had that resource we're like oh this is easily digestible it's it's clean it's easy for me to figure out and i can learn a little bit and then if i'm like oh this is cool i want to learn a little bit more and get a little more yes. in depth they can go ahead and do it but if you just sit down and you're like, all right, where do I start? And you see 10 different headlines pulling you in 10 different directions telling you to eat this, not eat this, don't touch this, uh, you know, all these different things. It's intimidating. It's intimidating as hell and you just you run away. You just and, close your eyes. And marketers really are good at preying on fears to sell bullshit. Yeah. Like detoxes are the biggest bullshit in the entire health I, industry. Like I, what – okay. You want to detox? That's what your liver and your kidneys do for you. They clean exactly. everything. There's no magic drink that's going to go only to your liver and your kidneys and clean them out I've for you. I've gone on many a rant about this. Oh, my God. All person, they, I've written them down. It's been on my, uh, on my personal, social, everything. All yeah. they do is give you diarrhea. Yeah. And again, they're, they're industry killers. Yes. You know? They're, I know. They're, they're pushing a magic pill that doesn't really – oh, well, yeah, you, you consumed 30 calories today. Yeah, yeah you're going to lose a little bit of weight. Yeah, and you're like shitting your brains out on yeah. top of it, and you're dehydrating yourself because you're shitting your brains out. Yeah. So you just 
you know, you just popped out four pounds of fucking water. Of course you lost weight. Mm-hmm. Of course you feel like, oh, my stomach went flat. Yeah, because you have nothing in you. You blew out the pipes. You yeah. Psycho. But you also you killed your stomach bacteria. You killed every nutrient in your system, mm-hmm. and you're setting yourself up for some serious and issues. Driving your car down the parkway with no gas. Yeah. Basically. Until until the thing eventually just kicked out and ran dry. You know, you and no oil, no gas, no nothing in it. The car. You know. I had a student here who was following some diet. It was like. It was one of those South Beach kind of diets, okay. and their nails started falling off Jesus. because they were so nutritionally deaf. There was the actually what it was. It was they were doing this diet, but it was an older woman, and she had she grew up thinking fat was bad. So this diet was primarily protein. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a lot of fat so that you can process the protein. But she was trying to stay on the protein and minimize the fat. Okay. So her hair and nails started falling well, out. Well, that, that's something that getting you know. 5, 10, 15, 20 years. I mean, the low fat was pushed for so long oh and so hard in this country. And, and it's it still it still is lingering today where people I mean, you know, now we're you know, people are starting to realize but anybody was, over the age of forty, man, yeah. you grew up thinking fat was gonna kill you. Yeah, well they thought fat made you fat. They thought no, they, they were the same thing. Yeah, and it's not actually people were made to believe that because the sugar industry yes. wanted to pull the wool over our mm-hmm. eyes. I watched one video, blew my mind. They were talking about the amount of sugar that's put into products like bread. But milk in particular, they're saying a kid who drinks milk today consumes more sugar by the age of 12 over the lifespan of someone that was alive in the 50s. It's crazy. It's insane. It's- and we wonder why we have so many – so much rising issues between cancer and diabetes and, there's, there's and all this sugar shit. And products that there's, I, I look at it and I'm like, what is the purpose? Why is there sugar in peanut butter? Why is there Why is there why sugar is, in bread? Yeah, why is there sugar in bread? Why is you know? And I know some products have naturally occurring sugars in them, and that's a no. Whole but other why thing, do you have added sugar, sugar in yes. bread? Yes. <laughs> why are you eating like a cup of sugar in yeah. two slices of bread? It's crazy. But again, it's because our our taste buds are all fucked up. It just and it's addictive. Again, it's it's sugar's addictive. Sugar so, is extremely addictive. Yeah, they want you coming back and they want yeah. you coming back for more and coming back for more. Yeah, and I mean, somebody was telling me about multigrain bread, about how so a company, let's say like Pepperidge Farm, don't sue me, guys, if I'm saying the wrong thing. Look it up yourself. But like a company like Pepperidge Farm has a multigrain bread. That's not a naturally occurring thing. So they strip the nutrients out of bread and they make it white, mm-hmm. and then they chemically infuse the nutrients into it to meet the label on the packaging mm-hmm. because they sell so much food that if they don't do that, they're running the risk of the ratios not being up to speed and then they can get sued. You know, we live in a litigious society. So one of the main reasons why information changes so slow is because people are afraid that if you change information, you're going to get sued for doing it the other way, mm-hmm. even though we're finding out like new information. Now it's like crazy. It's like functional medicine. So I, there was a, a, a great lecture by a doctor who does functional medicine. And he was talking about, you got to think about it. And it goes to food, medicine, everything. Somebody was trained to do something. So if the process changes, the teachers get new information, the books have to change. The entire process all the way back to the beginning. Antic trickle-down effect. It's a billion-dollar change. And it's a 10-year change because you have to figure out the legalities of that change. You have to figure out the generational shift of yes. people with new information phasing out people in old. And now we're living longer. So you don't have doctors retiring at 60. You have doctors that are staying in practice until their 70s. And what's crazy is by the time, like you said, it's a 10-year process. By the time that finally happens, we're finding out new stuff. So we're always we're, we're, we're always behind. behind. Yeah. 
So it just drives me nuts that we can't just think practical and say, well, this is the information and put it out there in a beneficial way. We're so afraid of what that change is going to do. You know, you have people that own information. So say you have a doctor who started his career in, in the 70s and he's still practicing today. He doesn't want the new guy that just came out of med school with mm -hmm. new information to take his spot. No. So he talks shit about him and he says, ah, it's crazy. It's bunk science. Yes, I've been doing yes. this for 30 years. You know it's going to work. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah. I didn't kill you. You're great. So mm -hmm. let me do your kids now too. But it's like – so you get this protective environment too. Like we haven't figured out how to allow things to change in a way that protects people that were the leaders of their time in the process. And so it's like this well, constant battle. I, I think there's – in, in so many segments, there, there's um, it's tough to get people to sit down and have conversation and compromise. I mean, the biggest example you see is in politics. But getting beyond that, getting beyond Republicans and Democrats, it, you can what you just talked about the the doctor that's been practicing for 40 years yeah. with his me method, and the doctor fresh out of med school, and they can both not want to hear or compromise or have anything to do with one another. Yep. Just one one might want to slander the other. Because they're just protecting their own territory exactly. and they don't they're want scared. things to change. Yeah, yeah they're scared to change. I mean, I come out of a retail background too, and one of the biggest issues in retail is you look at the internet's changed everything. I mean, I know retailers that are, you know, they've gotten on in years and they want to deny the impact of the internet. And I'm like, if you don't play the game, you're going to lose. That's yeah. why a lot of these big companies are going out of business. Look at Toys R Us. Toys yeah. R Us fucked up. They just turned a blind eye to it and pretended like it wasn't going to happen. Well, they made two strategic errors. One, is they didn't want to have to increase their expenditures to sell online. So the initial offering of Toys R Us was through Amazon. Mm -hmm. And then they saw how the business was exploding. They said, well, we're going to take it back. But Amazon said, well, we already own your customer. So Toys R Us then went online. But Amazon then just started buying direct from the manufacturers. And, and Toys R Us tried to – they were like, oh, we're good now. Like, thank you. But they were, Amazon was like, your customer's in our place now. Yeah. Like, you fucking let us in. Yeah. Like, you That's shouldn't it. have done that. And that was the beginning of the end. And then they uh, sold out to – they needed capital. So then they brought in an investment company that basically – was guaranteed the majority of the profits so the company couldn't grow. They couldn't stay competitive and it just started to grow. So it's one of those things is that you can't deny change because that you miss that window. Mm -hmm. There's no catching up. So they missed the window, then tried to use somebody else's money to continue on. And then at that point, there's just nothing left. Now you're just deep in debt and you have nothing to do but go away. Yeah. So it's better don't reject What's coming up? I, I say this constantly. I mean, I'm 44. I'm going to be 45 in March. I started off, I was 24 when I started coaching my first guys. I was the youngest guy in the room and the old people hated me. Yeah, I bet. Now I'm the oldest fucking guy in the yeah, room, yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm in their, their position. And I learned at 24, the 50-year-old guy who was giving me shit because he didn't want the new guy to come around, I said, I'll never be him. So I make a very big point of I do my best to be for people that were me then, be for them what I what yeah, I needed, I and that full circle. and that allows me to stay in the game, yeah. and it allows me to stay relevant in the game. I mean, I'm operating at the highest level I ever have because I'm embracing youth culture in my business. Mm -hmm. I'm not rejecting it and saying worship me. I'm saying no. What can I provide them? And that's really what is 
made my business over the last couple of years have some big changes. And quite honestly, sitting here today talking to you is because, again, a shift in mentality of saying, okay, like what value can I provide is creating amazing strategic relationships with other businesses that feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about that on the phone the other day about how the circle of people that we interact with are all people that feel the same way we do. Mm-hmm. So it's not this sales gimmicky thing where we're all trying to fuck each other for a buck. Yeah. It's like, no, you provide this service. I provide that service. The mm-hmm. other guy provides this service. It's like, oh, wait a minute. We have a whole holistic circle of people that if we work together, we service the same customers. Yeah. And I mean, you could have been the hard-headed guy that said, "No, I've always done things this way. I don't need so you know all, all these all these new techniques and ideas." And no, I'm going to do what I do, and that's it. And yeah, to a degree, you still do what you do, but things you know things change. Hey man, I I've been saying forever, especially when it comes to fighters. Uh, I don't I don't. There's going to be some parallel in in your industry too at some point, but it's like. So a, a fighter has this career, and when they're fighting, they're relevant. And what keeps them relevant at the end, which a lot of guys miss, is that it when you can't fight anymore and you're not entertaining them in the octagon or the ring or whatever, it's that experience that you had has to be translated in a valuable way to the audience mm-hmm. afterwards. So you're not fighting anymore, but your fights brought something mm-hmm. that you can then translate for somebody so their life is beneficial and you can continue to stay relevant. You know what I'm saying? I, so I it's it's you don't have to retire from the business. Mm-hmm. You just stop fighting, but you stay in the game yeah. and you just rework how you're valuable. Before you were an entertainer, now you're an inspirer, you know, or an educator. Yeah, so yeah. it's different and it's like you but the the challenge every day is how do you tell your story to the audience of today? Yeah. Like I can't teach people the same way I did in 1998 because it's not 1998. Yeah. And, and and it's it's the struggle of how do I do this? But there's so much uh, there's so much out there, and yeah. our attention spans are shorter. And everybody's you know every, everybody's two seconds here, two seconds yep. here, two seconds there. So for you to to grab somebody's attention in a certain way. And um, be able to again quickly show something that uh, it gives them some sort of clue that you, you've got value to, yes. to what they might be looking for, and then they can go like dig deeper into it and so on. But it's it's being empathetic, you know. That's really important, and I, it, it that goes back to what we were talking about, where you don't want to come off as salesy. Salespeople are not; they don't come across as empathetic. They come across as scary in a lot of ways because sales. People, they talk about scarcity and then they talk about what's going to happen if you don't get involved right now. Mm-hmm. That's like the two main tactics. I don't care if you're selling a car, you're selling a fitness program, selling anything. That's what they hit you with. First of all, I only got two left. I only got two left. You don't and hop on now. And if you don't hop on now, you're never going to lose the weight. You're never yes. going to be okay. Your yes. life's going to be fucked. Like that's the way they come at you. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, hey, um, you're doing this, which is adding up to this result. You're, you want that result. Well, here's the clear path to get there, yeah. and this is how I can take that path with you. That's a lot easier. That's that's like that's the right way to do it. Yeah, and I'm sure you've seen this plenty of times too. I'm sure you've had people that have inquired about your facility, your training, et cetera, et cetera. Because we have people that reach out to us that want to know a little bit about us, and they don't hop on right away. They've you know they've seen us online and they saw a friend put us on their yeah. Instagram story, and a lot of times when I'm 
directly talking to somebody, I'm like, hey, well, you know, I, I answer any of their questions. And I always usually end, especially if it's in an email, I'm like, hey, if there's anything you ever need, any questions you ever have, but, you know, any of this, uh, you know, please never hesitate to reach out. And, and a lot of times um, people are thrown off because sometimes, like especially in conversation, it's not necessarily just about fit food. I'm, I'm, I'm just – I'm a people person, but I yeah. also dig. I'm, I'm passionate about what I do, and some people are thrown off by the, the guy that's just like, "Hey, you got a question about something? Just just give me a call." They're like, I haven't even bought your food yet. And I'm yeah. Like, yeah, but I'm not even like talking about my food, like you know, because we have people that are like, I've had customers that haven't patronized my business in months, and they'll just randomly hit me up, and they'll say, "Hey, I went to the store and I got this, this, and uh, my husband brought home uh, what was the one the other day? It was like persimmons. Like, what can I do with this? Or like, what can I make with this?" And all these other things, and I dig that. Like, um, yeah, but you know what? And it sounds salesy, when I, but it's not. Is the value of that one is any person who asks about meal prepping, they're gonna say you because they have a real relationship with you and they're confident to say it. And you're a trusted authority in your business. Mm -hmm. So by being real and being authentic and open and genuine with people, you're expanding your market. Yeah, because. I mean, I have people that move on for me because it just doesn't fit for them anymore. But if I allow them to move on without being like you fucking traitor, mm -hmm. just allow them to move on, they're going to recommend people to come to me. Yeah. They're going to grow my circle. They're going to look back fondly on my time. You can ruin a 20-year relationship by being pissed that someone wants to leave. Yeah. And you can get territorial about it. One thing I learned in this business that is just fucking nuts is that in martial arts, everybody is so tribal and territorial. And I used to be this way. I readily admit that until probably about five years ago, I was the jerk off I talk about, is that when people would leave, be like, disloyal motherfucker after everything I've done for them. And you don't realize that it's just, it doesn't fit into their life in a valuable way anymore. And they want to do something else. They want to see something else, whatever. There's nothing wrong with adults making adult decisions mm -hmm. based upon their needs, wants, desires, and whatever. Our our situations don't align anymore, so mm -hmm. it's okay if they want to go. If they want to go train with somebody else, yeah. okay. I wasn't doing what I'm doing in a way that resonated anymore. Mm -hmm. That's not on them. That's on me. But the easy thing to do is to blame everybody else. That's a hard pill to swallow. To yeah. Somebody, you know. Well, what if somebody? I mean, somebody could say, "I'm sick of you know what, man. I've been eating your food for three years. I I feel like I've been eating the same stuff. I love what you do, but I need to do something else. I just got to change it up." I saw somebody that. Is still to this day, at least two, three times a month orders our food, and, uh, but they're very, very social, always putting their entire life on, on their Instagram story. And I saw another meal preps, another competitors uh, on there one time, and I I, I think she must have saw that. I, I don't know, because I didn't say I was going to like grill her on it. Yeah. And uh, But somehow, like months later, it came up, and she, because uh, in my head, I was like, well, what the hell? Like, why, why this? But then, like, you know, the next week she ordered my food, she still orders our food all the time. And she mentioned how she um, actually bounces around. She, it's like the same way you would only eat the same restaurant all the yeah. time. And I just thought back to how, you know, I wasn't like fuck her, but in my head I was like a little butthurt about it. And I was like, did we do something wrong? I'm like, is there something I could do better? Should I reach out to her? Should I say something? That's kind of creepy. Hey, I saw on your Instagram. <laughs> and I'm like, I just gotta let it go. And it, I mean, there's probably a million different examples across a million different industries. But yeah, it's pr especially in in your field. I'm sure everybody is very territorial, and it was probably hard to just understand that. Somebody probably didn't sit down and were like, you know what, fuck Brian, I'm done. 
Yeah. It's sometimes your life situation might not align with – it might not be what it it's was. It's like his class is Tuesday and Thursday and yeah. I have to work now and this other guy's class is Monday morning and he yeah. doesn't have one. So it's the only time I can train so I got to go there. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Yeah, or like I want to do gi jiu-jitsu and he doesn't have gi jiu-jitsu so I'm going to yeah. go do gi jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Like you can't hate people for making decisions that fit their life. Mm-hmm. And when I stopped doing that, the funny part was – Less people left mm-hmm. and more people came back because a lot of people would go and they would find the negative attitude places they went and they would come back and they would figure out how to make it work because they realized, oh, okay, it's yeah. different out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like This is not what I thought it was. This isn't always, always greener on the other side. And instead of shutting the door and saying, go fuck yourself, you made a bad decision, it was like no questions, no yeah, no harm, no foul. No yeah. And I, I just find in any business – I. I do consulting for a lot of different companies, and I, I always run into this with everybody. It does, like I mean, I even have – I had a clothing company that was buying pants from like a particular vendor, and that vendor started to sell somebody that wasn't even in our state. And it was like, okay, they were just like mad that somebody with a philosophy that they didn't agree with mm-hmm. was able to have access. And I'm like, you need to calm down. Like you're making a lot of money selling what you're selling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not worry about the guy in Ohio. Like – you're good. Mm-hmm. But it's like that that weird, protective, cluttered thought process. It's um, a lot of insecurity, I think. Yeah, it's, a tremendous amount. Yeah. And again, all, all over the place. Yeah, you know, it's – it's uh, everybody wants to be – I don't want to say everybody wants to be famous, but I guess I could say everybody kind of wants to be famous. Everybody wants to be number one. But the thing is if everybody's number one, you're not really number one. Yeah, and – at the end of the day, just – and this is something I, I, I've learned is just just worry about yourself. Just worry. Figure out how to be happy with your own yeah, shit. Yeah. Man. I tell my kid all the time. I got a five-year-old. Do you know what fucking TV and YouTube do to my mm-hmm. child? My child watches YouTube and all it is is one big commercial. YouTube is a bunch of kids playing with toys that you don't have that you want. Yeah. My kid's asking me for toys from like 10 years ago because kids are – like there's old videos on there. And I'm like five years ago, not 10. But like five-year-old yeah. Legos. He's like, Dad, I want to get that. I'm like, they don't even make it anymore. Uh, yeah. Like I'm not going on eBay and spending $100 on a $20 yeah, yeah, yeah. set because it's fucking rare now. Mm-hmm. But the thing is they just – they create a consumer mentality. They want, yeah. they want, they want, they want. I had the other day – I took my kid down to Nick Catone's gym. We go there for sparring on Saturdays. Okay. And my kid's hanging out with Nick's daughter. Um, they get along really well. And it was time to go. And then he got really upset, and I had to look at him. I'm like, "Did you have a good time?" He's like, "Yes." It's like, "Okay, so smile and be happy that you just yeah, had yeah. two and a half hours of a good time. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the hour that extra that you wanted that you can't get." He's like, "Stop it." He didn't get it. Cried his eyes out. Yeah. But I tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one day, one day, that's gonna that message will sink in. Yeah. Hopefully, when he's 18, he'll remember that 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 brief yeah, conversation, yeah. and it'll it'll have a greater impact. But I'm like, I gotta try, man. Yeah. I gotta try. Yeah. I can't not try, because if you just go down that rabbit hole and you just become consumer, it just sucks. You lose your ability. It's the same way you lose your taste buds when you eat fast food. Mm-hmm. If you consume too much shitty crap content you lose your ability to process information yeah. you, you all of a sudden you, you take a step back one day and you just you, you look at you just uh, you become lost almost as a business owner are you on your phone a lot unfortunately Do you, have you gone without it yeah i'd like to go without it it's the best feeling yeah. in the world like, I, I just had like in in conversation i quickly had like one of those like nanosecond thoughts where i am actually thankful for the time you and I are on this yeah. right now because I haven't had to have my phone on. 
And I've and I've sent three texts. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And and, and and looked at four phone calls. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's and it's a gift and a curse because again, like you said, you've seen all industries, your industry more. You know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, twenty when you were twenty four years old, starting out, you didn't have social media, you didn't no. have all this stuff. You had word of mouth, and that's what it was. I'm the same way. I see my nieces and nephews on their phones all the time at family gatherings. I'm like, put the goddamn thing down. But I understand that it's it's vital to, to my success. It, it gives me uh, a platform to share my voice and to talk about my passion and all these things. So it, it's a gift and a curse. And, and from a parenting perspective, the trade-off ends up being too. So your nieces and nephews are on their phone. Yeah. It's a hell of a lot better than them running around trying to burn the restaurant down. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's where we run into the lazy trap as well. But mm-hmm. the thing is, it's this, it all goes – it's all the same shit. Like – Okay, so if you're uneducated and you're just going to meal prep to go to meal prep and you really are not clear on your choices, you're doing the convenient choice, okay, it'll be good for as long as it's going to be good, but you may not be making the right choice because you don't really understand. Same thing with phones with your kids. You're making a decision that's short-term valuable because you just want to eat your meal in peace, so fuck it if he's on YouTube for an hour. But the long-term ramifications of that may be bad. So again, it's having some depth in our thought process, and maybe you have to suck it up, and maybe you have to spend a little bit more time, spend a little bit more money, or just invest yourself, whatever, in whatever it is you're doing so you have a more thorough relationship with Mm – the world in general, we all end up in a better place. And that's the scary part of things now. What I love about what I do is that, see, I can buy your food and I could read my phone while I'm eating, mm-hmm. but you can't come here and take a class with your phone around you. No, no. You, you, when you go, you go. That's it. For, yeah. When that bell rings, class starts, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not you know, answering anything. I bet that's therapy for a lot of people. Yes. Besides the actual therapy they get from training. But it's, it's a relief. Just, it's just a relief. It's a disconnect. It's an and, unplug. And, and we're so connected at all times. And uh-huh. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm big on nutrition. I'm big on staying active. But I'm also big on um, stress management and sleep. Those are like two things yes, that, that, that are very important to me. And I again, am I religious with it? No. Am I? Do I bat a thousand? But you're no. mindful of it. But I'm, I'm mindful of it that once it gets to – 8 30 9 o'clock i try to just put the phone away yes i and that's it i try not to be the guy that until the moment i go to bed i, I got this bright light in my eyes and i'm just on this thing and that's it i, I use that time to read i do whatever because again it's, it's we're so connected it's nice to take the last hour of my day 60 minutes yeah and just put the thing away I, yeah again if it buzzes or i'm like shit i gotta text somebody or i gotta place whatever it is yeah i'll do it but just that little bit of mindfulness, the same way that I'm sure a lot of people get up in the morning and they, they take that you know, 10, 15, whatever it is, minutes to meditate. That's almost my mindfulness is let me just put this away yeah. because we're so connected. And we and again, it's a gift and a curse. And we, we, we live in a society where it, it's vital. But again, like you said, you come here and train. You got to put that phone away for the time you're here. And it's uh, it's, it's probably a relief. There's no selfies in the middle of a kickboxing no, class. No, no. Like, like you can go to the gym and lift weights and in between sets take yeah. a picture of yourself. But – you're not coming to kickbox or roll or whatever. You're not stopping in the middle of spar and be like, yo, let me get this angle. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah. not happening, man. Yeah. So you definitely – you get that full disconnect and I, and I think that's just a valuable thing. And, and honestly, it's the thing – people are always going to need to eat mm-hmm. and people are always going to need to take care of themselves physically. And the one thing about what I do is – they're never going to be able to use their phones in what I do, mm-hmm. which is cool. So yeah. I'm always going to have that. We're, there's always going to be my industry. We're always going to own this technology-free zone. You can yeah, try. Yeah, yeah. Like people add technology to their physical locations, whatever. But if another human being and I 
put on gloves and mitts, we can still get a good workout. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what, we don't need anything. It's just two people and some skills, and you can do it. And that's cool, man. Because as much as industries are changing, as much as the world is changing, you know, like you said, the internet's going to be different than what it is in five years. Yeah. I, that will never change. Never change. You will never be out on those mats with a phone in your hand. No, and I mean, you will. You look at tape. Yeah. You watch other people yeah like you can consume content to augment what you do but you still have to do it Mm -hmm. you will always have to physically do this that's why i think prize fighters are so revered in culture is that from the beginning of time prize fighters warriors anyone that's going to battle is like less than one percent of the society and they're doing something that the sideline people just they'll never choose to do it Mm -hmm. And that's why I think they've been revered from the beginning of time. And and now we have more access to see them so people consume even more about them. So prize fighters today are even more valuable commodity in terms of the entertainment aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You know, Then you have the real warriors out there that keep us safe that we don't really talk about or watch stuff about. Yes. But we have – you know, I guess – I mean look at it. Jousting was, was something in the Middle Ages. I mm-hmm. mean you watch two guys in armor smash each other yeah. on horseback and then – dueling and all this stuff this is going back to the beginning i mean it's in our dna yeah that's it's just it's evolved yeah but the its root core concept remains the same the idea that somebody can risk their their physical Mm well-being forever in in their life for our amusement Mm -hmm. is always been a part of it that's yeah i mean since people have been around campfires there's mm-hmm. always the one guy who did dumb shit mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. like everybody laughed or clapped or whatever it's just we we like to be inspired by other people i think that's why gaming is so big too because with gaming you can do things that you'll never be able to do you can pick up a gun you can drive a race car mm-hmm. you can blow shit up you can do that in an, in an, in an inauthentic way but it's still it's just like playing on the idea of like letting us dream and i think that's mm-hmm. what a lot of it is like um, even with i mean man with good cooks why do you think cooking shows are so popular because people why did why was anthony bourdain's show so popular because he would go places and eat things that people had the idea that they would never have the opportunity yeah. but they would love to mm-hmm. and they talk as if they will one day but they never are mm-hmm. and that's why they tune in every night yeah, to watch it's their it's their little mental escape yeah you know you're never you, i don't want to say you're never but most people are never going to be the person in the middle of that ring with all the lights and cameras they're never going to be in uh you know in kuwait eating in some like little hut yeah. or something you know there it's it's nice to think about it's nice to to get a glimpse of that there's nothing wrong with consuming that content no. there's nothing wrong with having the false dream but i think the most important thing we can do is take someone else's experience and apply it to our lives in a beneficial way so i so like carl roberson went and fought in madison square garden mm-hmm. he did something that i never did in my career he went and you know, sat on top of an octagon victorious in yeah. the at UFC 230. Now, for me, I'm like, okay, we could sit around and watch it or whatever, and you can consume that content as just purely entertainment, or you can invest in the story and apply the lessons to your own situation. So there's a ton of people, the majority of people I know will never fight in the UFC, mm-hmm. but the path that Carl took to get there, it's not, it's not inspiring it's educational Mm -hmm. there's choices that he made that gave himself the opportunity to do something which we in our industry consider great Mm -hmm. the same the same path can be applied to anything Mm -hmm. you have to take a risk you have to try learn his story it's the skills 
certain things are apples to apples. Yeah. And you're like, it, it, things like that are totally relatable. And besides the entertainment value of, you know, like watching somebody on pay-per-view or in person or whatever it is, you can take that and it can, especially like on a local, on a, on a personal level, it, it can really hit home for a lot yes. of people where you're like, wait, I see, I see parallels between him and his story and maybe things in my life, yeah. you know, and uh, to, to, to see that firsthand. What I what I always find interesting with like the fight stories in a lot of ways, and it's not a black and white thing, but a black kid coming out of Neptune that didn't do well in school, that was kicked off most of the sports teams. He was a phenomenal athlete, but his behavioral issues were terrible, misdiagnosed ADHD issues and all this kind of shit, involved in gangs, doing bad things. Everyone would have been like, you know, he's a really personable guy. He's actually not stupid, but I just don't see the story ending well. And then seeing the story figure itself out it, – you know him being black and from Neptune. That's circumstantial. I don't care what the color of your skin is. I don't care what your economic background is. I don't care where you are. I know really wealthy kids that feel lost because their parents are super wealthy and they feel like they're just draining, yeah. like bleeding off their parents. And the opportunities are there for them to live to a particular way, but not to rise above the status that they're in mm -hmm. and to risk and letting go struggle. of the comfort and different stuff. Everybody at every level has got some weird kind of thing where you have to kind of jump without a parachute yeah. and, and take care of business. Mm -hmm. And I and I always find the fight stories are always just it's just so real. And if you and if you really look at what's going on, you always find that it's like they basically prove time and time again that you can do almost anything. Yeah. I mean, opening a business is really scary. Mm -hmm. I mean, you taking opening up a business and having no other income, like being a real entrepreneur and yeah. taking care of yourself with your own hands, with your own efforts, with your own ideas, with the people that you pulled together. It's a scary thing. Yeah, no, you go from having that safety net of the 401k yes. and the benefits yeah. and the time off and it, uh, the the cushion the paycheck and is see I'm 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 terminally unemployable I've always known that I always looked at the paycheck as a limiting thing where my wife would yeah. be like yo but you're going to be guaranteed that you're going to make this and I'm like I know but if I do more I'm still going to make yeah. the same I want to be able to be in control if I make less it's because I did less yes. if I if I make more it's because I did more and I made the right decisions I like that it's, it's somebody basically determining your worth and saying well this is this is how much we see you yes. Brian as being worth and uh, basically more or less regardless of what you do this is how valuable you are to us and this is what we're going to give you and again for a lot of people that's that's fine but and there's for, nothing wrong with that yes no no I'm not shitting on it but for, it's just not me yeah yeah and I mean it's not you and that's I'm sure I'm sure you learned this early on and I've again I've been in business two years you've been in business 20 but there's no going back no now no there's and I don't I don't mean what I mean by that is if Fit Food were to fail tomorrow, there's still no going back to that. To, no, because – And I love to cook and I, I still – you know, but there's no going back to being – I have now become terminally unemployable. You can't I listen need, to – I would need to do something for myself yes. and support myself. I, I, I work well with others. I work mm -hmm. bad for others. Yeah. Like I need the – once you figure out who you are, you can't compromise that. Mm -hmm. And it's – and when you're in these – mandatory groupthink environments where you can't be yourself, can't express yourself, your ideas are not only not cared about, they're actually frowned upon. Mm -hmm. It's tough. Yeah. Now you're not yourself. You're now just someone punching the clock. But the one thing I, I call it the my guys call it the right rule with me is that if you have a job you don't like, mm -hmm. but it's affording you the money and the time to do stuff that 
you are fulfilled by shut the fuck up and go to work. I, I, I say this all the time. I, I've had this conversation countless times. There's three things to me. There's you have to be well compensated, make good money. Yes. Have a good quality of life, time, and enjoy what you do. If you can do two of the three, I think you're good. If yeah. you love what you do and you make good money, but you're working all the time, so be it. You're still you love what you do and you're making good money. If you love what you do and you've got a great quality of life don't complain but man. but yeah yeah exactly don't complain if you've got two out of the three if you just have one if you're just making good money but you hate your job and you're working all the time get the fuck out yeah yeah if, if you've got a great quality of life and you got all the free time in the world but you're broke and you hate what you do get the fuck out but yep. if you've got two out of the three i've got i've got a buddy of mine who sells forklift batteries and <sighs> I, I don't think anybody can ever be passionate about selling forklift batteries to a certain degree but he makes very good money and he's got a great quality of life. He gets to go, you know, he's got timeshares, yeah. vacation. So there's, he's completely satisfied with that, and that's yep. great. I get it. You know, I, I, I would, if I was him, I would probably do this. I'd make the same decision. If you're guaranteed X amount of money in the bank, that's going to allow you to like live whatever. I've got a guy at the gym who, uh, he, he's a, he retired from fighting early, but um, he works for like a plumbing company. Mm-hmm. He's not passionate about plumbing, but he goes to Comic Con like three yeah. times a year. He loves exactly. it, and he's got great vacation time. He got and two he's, out of three. He's got a house, got a car, got a wife, got a dog. Yeah. Has a lot of free time on the weekends to do what he mm-hmm. needs to do, whatever. Like he has a great sitch. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I go to work, I punch in, I punch out, I do the best I can, I try and enjoy it, don't love yeah. it, but I really love what I get to do because of it, so yeah. I'm good. Now it's it's like, it's different if you if you can't rest your head on the pillow and you don't feel good about what you do for yeah, work that's yeah, totally yeah, something different. different but if you're just if you're just doing something you're like hey you know what this is my job i'm not passionate about plumbing because you know who's really passionate about plumbing but well, I, everything else is in my line. grandfather was yeah, he loved plumbing yeah some say, yeah, there's there's always you know there's always one but, uh, but yeah so if you got two out of the three i agree yeah it, it it's it's just one of those ones man where like no one can define what the balance is except you, and you just have to have the confidence to know what it is that you want, and that's that self-aware and, thing. And that's man. the other thing. It's we're all different. Maybe that would make my my buddy who sells those forklift batteries or whatever he does. Maybe that makes him happy, but that doesn't necessarily mean that would make me happy. Yeah, the same absolutely. way I tell people all the time because somebody will say, "Oh, my friend followed." This diet and it did this for her and I did the same thing and it didn't work. Yep. Well, we are all different. Yes. You know, yeah, we're all human beings, and we, you know, we're our all, systems are the same. Yeah. But the the fine details are different. Yes. So like, the same way my emotions might be different, or the same way one job might give me a d- different sense of joy or uh, sense of response or whatever it is. It's the same thing that goes with like a diet. It's not just because it's not one size fits all. It's certainly not one size. Wait, it's the same thing go with training. You want to know something? That's in, yeah, some people like to strike. Some people like to grapple. Yeah. Some people like to just lift heavy fucking weights. Yeah. But one thing that was really interesting is uh, there's stuff coming out now about how the diets. The one of the main reason that food can't be a one size fits all is because how we interpret the world in which we live changes our makeup. Mm-hmm. So somebody that handles their situation in a particular way, the chemicals that their body produces to handle that situation is different mm-hmm. than the guy sitting next to them. Mm-hmm. So you bo- two people could be in the same high-pressure job. One person's thriving on it and feeling great while the other person's getting crushed. Yeah. The chemical composition of those people is completely different. Mm-hmm. So obviously the fuel situation would have to be completely different for both of them because – you have to 
you have to go with what's going on in the body. So you just can't say A plus B equals C mm -hmm. all the time. Everybody is different. And a lot of it's just their psychological makeup. Yeah. I mean, I carry my stress in my stomach. I get a bad stomachache when I'm stressed out. Mm -hmm. Other people get headaches. Some people get stiff necks. You yeah. know, I get a bad gut. I get other people can't sleep. I know some people that when they get stressed out, they sleep for mm -hmm. fucking days at a time. Yeah, we you all know? respond different to, to differently to different situations. Yeah. And, um, so it's our the way that we interpret the world really defines what we need and how to support ourselves. And we all don't interpret it the same way. Yeah, and that's something I, I stress to a lot of people. And this is getting back to being mindful. If you're going to make a lifestyle change, if you're going to start eating differently, if you're going to start changing habits, if you're going to start following a new workout regimen, pay attention. Yes. Pay attention to what it does to your body, how you feel, because you can't just blindly say, all right, I'm going to do this and then just not pay attention to it, but just follow it for 30 days, 60 days, six weeks, 10 weeks, 66 days, whatever. Pay attention. And those are the people who find success. They, they can take little nuances away from yes. certain things so they can say, hey, you know what? I did this, but I had to adapt and do that, whatever it is. But again, we're all – you are you and you're the only – it's like that Dr. Seuss quote. You are you. Uh, you're the only one that sees nothing's been truer than true, whatever the hell it was. But you're the only you. Yep. So pay attention to, to whatever it is because what worked for you might not work for me, might not work for whoever's outside that door, whatever it is. And there's nothing right or wrong about that. It no. just is what it is. It is, it is what it is. Yeah. It I, 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 I say constantly you have to be analytical, not judgmental. Because the minute you start being judgmental and then you start saying right, wrong, and all this stuff, then it becomes this emotional thing instead of the practical reality in which life is. Mm -hmm. it's like if you can strip the judgment shit out and just get it done. So prime example would be a guy that does like non-contact martial arts and then says they want to be an MMA fighter because their shitty instructor made them believe that they could be – you know. Mm -hmm. octagon lethal and then they come to a place where guys actually fight for a living and they can't hang and they have a choice now where they can be practical and they could say okay the training that i did gave me a certain understanding of my body but i really need to train differently now mm -hmm. and if this is what i want to do this is the changes i have to make or then you get the other guy who goes fuck them I'm going back to the other place and they just – they hold on to the bullshit and they come up with the excuses of why it didn't work. Like we fucked them over or something. Yeah, like Because it's easier to go back to where you were being told what you want to hear. Where you were good. And you, you, were, and you were good. You yeah, were good. And, and you're comfortable. Yes. You were good. People say you're good. You're praised. Mm -hmm. It was like the whole thing. And then you come here and it's like, OK, you don't want to be a beginner again. Well, that's on you, not yeah. us. You made a – choice along the way but again no choices are you know that if you go from one situation you go to another and you're finding out you don't have the skills it doesn't mean the other situation was bad you just have to figure out what you learned there mm -hmm. try to apply that to the new thing acquire some more skills and keep going yeah. um, but if you're going to be judgmental about it and you're gonna be like man i wasted 10 years of my life no, you didn't. You did some. There's got to be a value there. Yeah. There's got to be a value there. Even if it fucked you up, at least you know what not to do. Mm -hmm. Like you, there's something well, to pull away to from. It's, I've said this, that something's only a failure because there's been things that we've tried, you know, especially early on. I was figuring out what the hell to do. It's only a failure if you don't take anything away from it, if Absolutely. you don't learn at all. You know, every, every dollar I've ever lost was $2 more I had to make. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. It was like. People are like, man, I can't believe you fucked up that way, whatever, or you wasted this, you wasted that. You know how many things I've wasted in life doing stuff? And uh, But it's better than the person who hasn't wasted anything because they've been – the timing's never been right. Yeah. You know, or because for what, because they're comfortable where they're at. There's that saying. It's like if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. You know, like some people we're, – we're creatures of habit. People thrive on just being comfortable, but it, it's – 
you, you got to break outside of that. Yeah, I, I just failure is just the path to ultimate success. I mean, you have to if you learn from it and build upon it and whatnot. It, it's you know if if you get knocked down, you have a choice. You can get back up or you can stay down. Like you you have to figure that out. And again, if you're an entrepreneur, I mean that's just a daily goddamn struggle. Yeah, man. that's just the way it goes. All right, man. We've been going for a little while here. My yeah. phone's blown up like crazy, and we both have businesses we still have to go back to. So, uh, uh, anything you want to shout out? No, that's really let it. Let people uh, know. Let let people know how to find your business. Um, what's your social handles? Yeah, again, uh, what's to, your website? To recap, it's uh, Fit Food NJ. NJ is in New Jersey. Uh, website's the same thing. FitFoodNJ.com. That's our social handles. Uh, we deliver all over Ocean Monmouth, Middlesex, three days a week. Full menus online. You can order online. Uh, that's basically it. Like, you know, like I, uh, said in the beginning, chef prepared meals, you know, delivered to your door. We're, we're, you know, we're pushing good, clean food, but it's also the convenience of it. It's for all lifestyles. And, uh, that's pretty much it. Well, dude, we'll have you come back again. Uh, we'll get Carl to come in after he's been on it for a little bit too. Yeah, and yeah. we'll have a little bit of, we can have a little bit of a round table discussion yeah, about man, things. Pumped. And one of the, I have a, a I actually want to have a greater discussion about weight cutting for athletes and all the different components. I have a nutritionist I want to bring in, and I'd mm-hmm. actually like to bring in the guys from Thrive. I'd like to bring you in, and we can talk about having a better relationship with food while you're trying to cut weight, drop weight, whatever. So you do it in that, you know, where you have goals, you hit those goals, and you don't damage yourself for the future. Yeah. So that, That's something that's I'm sure you're more well aware of it than I am even. That's very big in, the, in your industry. Yeah. And I, I think we're – starting to change i don't know but i feel like for so long there's been so many people that have cut so much weight so quickly yes. and it's so unhealthy but we're doing it at the high levels but yes, at the intermediate yes, yes. and entry levels there's still a lot of bro science and yeah. dead stuff i mean there's a lot of people that watch rocky movies and fucked up their life yeah, they yeah, take yeah, too many exactly. punches and they wear rubber rubber yeah. suits man I mean, it's you, just not you good even, you even see on the grand you know fighters on ufc that these fights are getting canceled all the time because the guy couldn't make weight he put his kidneys through hell he tr- you know try it's it's dangerous and I understand that the, there's a the choices that we make on a daily basis yeah. all come back to haunt you to weight cut. Yeah, yeah. If and you, there's a there's a right and a wrong way to try yeah. to approach that. You yeah. Know? If you try, the 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 quick one is I know I said I was gonna end it. I'm going on a rant again, but yeah. the big one is if that it, fight camp six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. It is extremely important that what you put in your body over those six to eight weeks is going to fuel your workouts and put yourself in a position so that when you cut weight bad shit doesn't happen yeah just because the weight's coming off doesn't mean it's good i see people that dry themselves out over long periods of time i have one athlete that he when he was cutting weight he would start sweating heavy two weeks out and he was putting the rubber suit on and mm-hmm. he got a urinary tract infection got kidney stones like yeah. crazy shit was starting to happen um crash course crashing uh to sweat and then finding out that you know his tonsils blew up on him because of like chemical imbalance weird stuff it's a process Mm -hmm. and if you don't give yourself the nutrients to get through that process you could fuck yourself up for life there's one fighter i will not name his name because i don't know if he really wants me to tell who it is but this guy cut his beginning of his career was 185 he tried to fight for a title at 135 at the end and he literally slept in the sauna for like four days trying yeah. to cut the weight and made the fight, made weight, made the fight, but had to retire because his lymph system went absolutely nuts. And basically he cut so much, his lymph nodes were squeezing 
the negative chemicals out of his system Ooh, into his shit. body to try and hydrate him. Yeah, yeah. And then he got this massive infection, and and it just went completely haywire yeah. on him. And he literally had to end his career a couple yeah, years no, early. That was so. that was it. Yeah. Wow. So. All right. All right, man. Everyone knows where to find you. Uh, I'll put the links up on the website when I when I put the podcast out as well, and uh, I'll tag you on it so people can get access to this. So this is Brian Wright. This is The Hive. You can find us at thehivecast.com. You also can find us on iTunes, on TuneIn. You can find the gym, KillerBCSA, at KillerBCSA.com. Also, KillerBCSA on Instagram, Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're everywhere. You can find me, BrianWright732.com. I have my own website. And you can also find BrianWright732 on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything again we're all over the place so check out the information thank you for following this is the hive and we are 